Hey everyone, welcome back to the Frustrated Fans. Frustrated Fans, where we're venting frustrations, one Ninja Turtles character at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And today, we're going to slash it up, because we're here to talk about Slash. That was terrible, and you know it. (laughs) Well, see, it's a double pun, because I got the title of it from uh, the Offspring song, Smash It Up. <laughs> so we're here to talk about the character Slash, aka the real fifth Ninja Turtle. Huh? See what I did? Yeah, I see it. Okay. Alright. We're and we're gonna talk about his appearances in not only the cartoons, but also the video games and the comic books. This is gonna be a long episode, isn't it? We'll try and keep it as concise as we can. Just a basic uh, background on the character before we Mm -hmm. get started. Slash was a complete invention for the um, TV show to sell more toys. We we will make no illusions here. This show was uh, toyetic. I'm you know I'm surprised they didn't make like a whole team of evil Ninja Turtles for them to fight and frogs to make toys out of. Huh? Punk frogs. I don't remember that. No, they only showed up in kind of about the same number of episodes, but Shredder's just like, when there's an episode where he's like, screw it, I'm going to make my own mutants, mutant team, and he makes a bunch of mutant frogs, but they turn good by the end of it, and then they're not quasi-allies until the end of the show. Uh, are, uh, please tell me there are, are multiple you're-going-to-croak meta- uh, puns. I, yeah, I can remember it being something of that <laughs> level. <laughs> they're going to hop to it. Yeah. And you remember, they're going to give you a real tongue thank lashing. Thank you. You've, you've seen them in the 2012 <laughs> series. They had one episode. Uh, Which one was that? One with Napoleon Dynamite voicing a character. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that episode. Fair enough. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So, yeah, Slash was made just to sell. Basic, this series was notorious for uh, making action figures... And then giving the designs to the show writers and said, put them in. So they do. <laughs> why do you Why do you think the Turtles had like 80 different vehicles? Something like that. Or how Donnie's now he has a, somehow has a new invention every week. It's so they could sell the toy. Oh, yeah. And don't, they're not the first series to do this. Transformers and Voltron ahead of them. Uh, G.I. Joe. Yep. You, hell, you could even say that... Uh, even probably basically relate this back to Barbie's fault. So, yeah. Oh, Star Wars. There's that too. But <laughs> the whole where I'm going with this is whole reason uh, GI Joe came about is they wanted to make a Barbie for boys. So that's kind of what set this in motion. <laughs> I'm assuming the tagline "Barbie for boys" was never used. No. So we've both discussed our experience with this franchise before and how it's near and dear to our black little hearts. And um, normally I would do, enjoy watching a movie go down in flames that I know is going to be bad. But since we recorded the last one, yes, the uh, uh, Bates Rolls 2 has come out and it's being reviewed horribly. It's actually – I've seen a couple of – decent reviews for it. Basically, the consensus I've heard is it's better than the first one, which every time I see that, I go, that's not tough. No. And also, it's tanking. It is not doing well at all. It's opening weekend. It 
It was number one in the box office with thirty-five million. The first movie made sixty-five million in its opening. Right. This movie is not tracked to do very well. And I pay attention to like fan communities and whatnot, and the general consensus among Turtle fans is that while it's a little more satisfying than the first one, it's basically a better budget version of the '87 cartoon when you all get all sudden done. Which is still an improvement over the first one. I don't disagree, and we will get to our thoughts on the first one in two weeks. Oh, yeah. But it it's lacking the emotional complexity of the original 90s movie. Yeah, I, I will say this. At least these movies are on a better trajectory with, than the Transformers movies, which got worse with each... Oh, I, I don't uh, disagree with that. Movie. But at the yeah, same time... So at least they're, at least they're getting better. At the same you know, slowly, same time, but they're getting better. At the same time, Bebop and Rocksteady have been compared to the twins from Transformers Two. Oh God, maybe not that quite that offensive. I God, I hope not. But about on par with they're there. They're mostly there for comic relief. Allegedly, well, I know based on reviews I've seen, one of the funnier one of the jokes they pull off is after post mutation, the bo- the two look at each other, look down open their pants, and then look up at each other and smile. Ha-ha! <laughs> Dangly parts. <laughs> oh, that's so wrong for a kid's movie. Oh, I find that funny because I'm a sick bastard, but that <laughs> that should not be in a kid's movie. <laughs> oh, God. But Let then again... shipping begin. <laughs> <laughs> then again, it's Michael Bay, so I'm not surprised because of the swinging giant metal testicles in Transformers 2. No. And again, while Bay didn't direct his, this movie, his greasy fingerprints are all over it. I'd like to say something else if his is all over it, but okay. Let's keep this speaking turn. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Slash. His first it, real appearance is in the 1987 cartoon, and he gets all of three episodes. The Rat King got and only, ten. And only two episodes really focus on him. Casey got five. I don't know how many Leatherhead got, but it's more than this. So the very first episode is Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X. Which They're is very misleading, point. because he's not really from Dimension X. He's a regular um, turtle who happens to get taken into Dimension X. Yeah, so we find out that... Uh, the very beginning of the turtles are in the sewers, and they hear noises and find people with an evil real estate mogul. Which is pretty much a, con- a, he's a Donald Trump XP. So, and I'm, I'm not going to comment on current politics because that's not our <laughs> job. But I admit I smiled at that. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to build condos in the sewers because There's, why not? Nowhere and, else to build, effectively. And he's also planning to launch all of New York's trash into space on a rocket. And honestly, you know what? This is now the most important episode because this establishes it. This show is canon with Futurama. Quasi-canon. <laughs> so meanwhile, in Dimension X, Bebop and Rocksteady are told to clean up the place because even at this point, Shredder's like, yeah, you two suck. We, this is about all you can do. And so they decided to test, test out Krang and Shredder's new super mutagen, trademark, <laughs> on Bebop's pet turtle Slash. And the which, reason they do this is because they don't want to clean the Technodrome. They want their own lackey to do it. Yep. And I, I just got to say, the fact that Bebop is in charge of another form of life just scares the living hell out of me. Well, it, it begs <laughs> the question, why couldn't they just program the robotic foot soldiers to do it? But that's just 
again, me, logic. Well, yeah, because they know how to reprogram the robots. Yeah, fair enough. The, the, these two barely know how to retie their shoes. Yeah. So they mutate Slash into a mutant turtle, and it was actually funny. At one point, Rocksteady asked him, was like, why didn't you tell me you had a pet? And I was fully expecting Bebop to respond with, the writers hadn't come up with him yet. <laughs> the reason is he's a turtle, and, well, they hate turtles. So, yeah, normal. and so he Slash is a bit of an idiot. Okay, he's even dumber than Bebop and Rocksteady. And he only follows their orders because Bebop is like, look... I got your little palm tree. And he goes, my pinky. Uh, I'm not exaggerating at all. So that goes south once Bebop loses Binky down the drain. Uh, and job, guys. Flash starts tearing and up the place. He steals two of Shredder's swords that he never uses. And they uh, send Slash to Earth where he starts breaking stuff. And the turtles get blamed for it because people are too stupid to tell the difference. But you know what? I'm sure... Thing in this episode and other episodes where people are easily fooled into thinking a turtle. Well, to be fair, they don't know the turtles personally. I'm very, very sure that somebody who knows them, you know, who has known them for years, who could identify them no matter what, would never be fooled by this. Clark. Superman. Clark. Superman. So April gets fooled because by Slash, not know, not even guessing at which turtle he is, despite the fact that he's carrying swords. So she might just think she could have at least said, "Oh, Leo, are you having a really bad day?" Everyone in this episode's kind of an idiot. So the turtles find Slash, and now it's time to fight. And he kicks the crap out of all four of them. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> which uh, I'd like to point out: this is the first of two times in two episodes where Donatello's bow is broken, and he goes. Oh, that was my favorite bow. <laughs> well, it's not the solar-powered seven-foot staff, so, you know. That was <laughs> so a joke they... at the 2012 series, folks. But <laughs> So Slash heads off to the side of the garbage rocket, and they end up fighting him and sending him off to uh, Dimension X. And they expose the real estate dude is being behind Slash's smashing spree. And Listen. Slash flies into the Technodrome, and Shredder and Krang are like, Yes, you're ours now! He goes, I don't think so! And he dumps garbage on them, and it's funny. And then he flies off into the pink sky while hugging a palm tree. And I'm sure we'll never see him again. A uh, point of order here. Remember, the, cart- the Playmates would make these action figures from design to f- prototype to production before the writers had even would even know about them and start writing about them. So Slash's design in the cartoon is wildly different than... Uh, it, let me correct that. Sometimes the Playmates would send the writers an initial design, but change it overhaul by the time final production hit. So Slash is weirdly designed here, right? Yeah, he's got a mask that has a, I guess it's supposed to be like a robot eye? Yeah, we're not quite sure. He's wearing mostly metal um, on his shoulders, eye, and hands, and he does have a pink belt on, or purple, if you will, <laughs> um, but which is later outfitted with a skull belt, belt, uh, belt yeah, what do you call it? Buckle. Belt, 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 buckle. But, uh... Yeah, this is not what we... There every appearance of Slash to come after this. Well, we will get to Slash's second appearance in the 87 series. Oh, I guess I was wrong about him never being seen again. Uh, <laughs> right after our first break. 
<laughs> Tell me again about the turtles, George. I think that crash landing made him his old stupid self again. Come on, Slash. We're gonna take you back to your spaceship. Oh, goody. I like riding in spaceships. So, Pete, what's our second 87 episode? Donatel trashes Slash. Now, remember, Slash had been introduced in the, I want to say, fourth season. Yes, season four, episode 18. Yeah. And now he's back in season, season six. six. Episode 11, so two full seasons later. Well, he was flying around aimlessly in space. Right. You know, I mean, he doesn't really have the brain power to work, you know, a Tonka truck, so. So he returns to Earth in his rocket, crashing, and uh, at first, basic, basically, while the other three are out and Donatello's working, reworking one of his inventions, April calls in and says, yeah, we just had a spaceship crash. You want to check it out? Because that's the first person that should investigate first contact of it. Aliens, right? Is these giant ninja turtles? <laughs> so, Donatello moves in, finds Slash, and he's just like, oh, great. You know, Slash is a bruiser, and taking him on alone is not going to be fun, but then we find out Slash is super intelligent. Yeah, uh, that's a thing, apparently. Smarter than Donnie, even. <laughs> to the point. He's like, I subscribe to the New Yorker. Yeah, pretty much. That's the stereotype. They uh, go for him, and he uses an, somehow more mathematics than sh- uh, than Donnie can do, and shoots one little object into building, which then building he's able to get out, but the collapse is completely on Donnie. That happens a lot in this series. Yeah, they they break buildings a lot, and it, they fall on them. Yeah, well, and to be fair, nobody was in this one because the building wasn't finished yet. Yep. So they were not in the abandoned building. You know what? I have a feeling this was one that was just being reconstructed from the last time they knocked it over. Ah. So, but we're not to the season eight and the with, yeah giant robots yeah, yet. Not yet. Slash basically he's just out to adapt local Earth tech for some unknown master plan, and of course it involves invading Channel Six because of course it does. <laughs> For those who have never seen the series, this is April's workplace, and there, unlike the 2012 series or 2003 series, where April is used when necessary, when she's good for the plot, like, she's not in every episode. Uh, April is in every episode of the 87 <laughs> series. So, of course, Slash has to be part of this go-after-channel 6. Though, to her credit, she doesn't get kidnapped in this episode. Nor is she fooled by him. Yep. So, good for her. Slash invades Channel 6, sets up a partial force field on the lower floors to keep the turtles and the other authorities out. He uses a new ray gun, the, quote, turtleizer, and yes, another ray gun in this show, to turn April's co-worker Vernon and her boss Burn into turtles. This is original. And... This is part of the series' long habit of turning April and or her co-workers into other creatures. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in one of the Rat King episodes we get Vernon and uh, What's-Her-Face turned into uh, rats, Irma. right? Yeah. Irma, yep. Uh, yeah, this happens in April, too, on occasion, but not in this episode. Yeah, she gets turned to a cat at one point, and right? And a fish. A fish. Yeah, long story. Oh, God. Uh... So, eventually, Slash's overall plan revealed a hilarious cutaway where he's imagining how the city will adapt, 
is to turn all of New York, and eventually the world, into turtles. Frankly, this plan is about as smart as Gorilla Grodd in DC, the DC AU turning all humans into ape. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although that was one of the better episodes for the ending. Oh, God, yeah, we're... Well, more... Actually, I still live at the very end of that. I wasn't going to do this for another few weeks, but seriously, turning all of humanity into apes? Well, I just remember <laughs> laughing hard at as Apex is still bald. Yep. <laughs> Not even the power of transformation can help that scalp. So... There's that. And Slash, the whole reason Slash invaded Channel 6 is he needs access to their new broadcast antenna to pull this off. The boys invade Channel 6 from the upper floors because, and Slash really should have thought of that, given they're in a city and there are tall buildings they can swing from. And they win out this time, uh, this time not by fighting him, but by playing on Slash's ego and tricking him into firing the right into reverse to, uh, to release Vernon and Burn. Yay. Yay, they're human again. The status Yay. quo is God in this series. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Slash is tossed off the building, and when he hits the pavement, he's alive, but wakes up even dumber than he was in the first episode. Yeah, I think by the end of this episode, his vocabulary consists of... The episode ends saying that they'll give Slash to back to his spaceship, but given he was a garbage rocket originally, uh, yeah, he's on Earth. Yeah. Especially since he has to return for the next episode. But before we move on to that, it, they, we are revealed in a brief cutaway in the beginning of the episode that Slash got his intelligence boost from peace from friendly aliens. Whatever. Yay. So the next episode Bad is... Rose, we've done it. <laughs> yeah. Slash is among the group of villains, and then we get the crappy B-team, and no, I'm not still... I'm still not over the crappy B-team, which I do find it funny how in this episode, the crappy B-team fights Slash, but one of the episodes we're coming up to, Slash gets to become... gets to be part of the good B-team. Well, he's not a villain in every incarnation, but he is for the video games we're going to cover... Oh, yeah. So in Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for the NES, Slash is mid-boss during the bridge stage, and he uses a sword and punches, and he also spins around, uh, like, hides in a shell and spins around and does damage to you, and uh, he's tough, he's annoying, and I don't like fighting well, him. Well, here we see his first real appearance, aside from the action figure, where that pretty much the main appearance he's known for. He looks pretty much like the regular four, except maybe a little beef here and spike here. Like yeah. spikes running out of his back, and wearing black gear, bandana, and pads. Yeah. No. Uh, however, some of that design might also just be limitations of technology. Fair enough, but it, it looks a hell of a lot better than a metal headband and associated armor. <laughs> yeah. So the other game he's most famously known for is the TMNT Four Turtles in Time, which is one of my favorite games, honestly. Both the arcade cut. The Super Nintendo cut and the Genesis port, uh, Hyper, the Hyperstone Heist. Yep, which Hyperstone Heist added in, you know, like, removed some content and then right. put in some new it stuff. It was supposed, they reworked it into its own game, effectively, with yeah. with a new story, sort of. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, no, you can't get any of these games on a virtual console because, honestly, I have no freaking clue who even has the rights to these games at this point. Um, I have, I don't have a Hyperstone Heist on cartridge, but I do have... To the SNES cut on cartridge. So. I do. I got two 
to the arcade game. I got three. I got four. I got Hyperstone Heist. Well, unfortunately, Ubisoft, the, while they did make a port of the of the arcade, it's you can't even get it on Xbox Live or PSN anymore because they lost the license. It doesn't matter. It sucks. Yeah, moving on. Terrible. In Turtles in Time, Slash is the first major boss, at least in the Super Nintendo cut, after the time travel happens. And honestly, he's the single hardest boss in the game. Arguably harder, if not on par, with Super Shredder at the very end. I always seriously dread fighting this boss because, unlike the majority of the bosses in the game, he is a self-defense mechanism against repeated, getting repeatedly wailed on. He balls off, balls up, pulls up spin dash, and knocks you across the room, taking and you take a lot of damage doing it. You gotta counter fast. His weapon has a lot of long reach, and yeah, you will die at least once on him. I guarantee it. And admittedly, he's not the only boss to have a, a defense against getting wailed on, but this is probably the most devastating one. Which brings us to the 2003 series. He never showed up, which is really odd for this franchise. Most of the time, yeah. when they make a new cartoon, or a new incarnation, they bring in the older stuff. Not only for fan bait, glorious, glorious fan bait, but... <laughs> You know, they figured so Slash didn't appear at all. He didn't even get an action figure released for this franchise for that for the incarnation, which is again odd. Hmm. Because it's weird. Even with remakes of cartoons like this, like the He Man remake did this, the Thundercats remake did this, they'll put out reimagined versions of older characters and they'll never appear in the show. The component show. So yeah, that's weird. He was missing from O three. That just leaves the two 2012 series where he returns, and we'll cover the comics last. And, yep, and we'll get to the 2012 series right after our next break. We're back, and I need to make a small correction. It's tangential at best, but in Turtles Forever, which we'll cover next week, the character Hun actually mutates into what you could generously call Slash, but that's about it. Oh, okay. So. We shall see. Yes, we shall. But, that just leads to 2012 series, and we've both mentioned this in the past. This is our favorite incarnation of the franchise, bar none. Yeah, yeah like I said on the previous show, uh, after we covered the Rat King episodes, I decided to go back and start watching it, and I ended up watching through, at the time, like, they were ten episodes in, like maybe five or maybe five episodes into season four, and I got completely caught up in a week. It's that good. Yeah, the series managed really good. It manages to balance both getting new people, new fan, young fans interested in appealing to old fans, both of the '87 series, and I'm not just talking the fact that they crossed over with them, but the 2003 series and. Um, just longtime comic fans by readapting some of the best material from everything that's come before. Yeah, this thing pulled off the hat trick. It is not easy to do that. No, and as I've mentioned previously, again, spoilers, this series had the balls to kill off Splinter violently. Yep. They brought him back, but, you know. It, well, not only kill off Splinter, kill off everybody, yeah. essentially. <laughs> they kind of blow up the planet. Yeah, it happens. Um, <laughs> but it gets better. It... Yeah, everything gets fixed. Long story. But Slash starts not as Slash in this. He starts as another pet turtle. Raph's pet turtle. It's not much, but he's there in part, most of the 
uh, all of the first season and parts of two, or he's Spike. Just this little red-eared slider turtle that Raph really genuinely cares for, and you can sense that Spike is a comfort to Raph when things get really bad. Yeah, I, I really liked when he had, like, a little pet. I thought it was cute, and I liked that they had, like, an episode where it's like, Spike, if you agree with me, take a bite of your leaf. And Crunch. <laughs> yep. It's like, ha, see? <laughs> and Splinter uses that same tactic later. Yep, that was good. <laughs> so the very first episode where we actually get Slash is shortly into season two, and while the 87 show kept with the status quo no matter what, this show, starting with season two, would mess around with the status quo for at least the first half of the season. So for season two, the way they messed around with things was at the very beginning, they finally got April's dad back at the end of the first season, and he was with her, like, he was there in this episode. Uh, then they kind of accidentally drop a bunch of mutagen out of a crankship, and one just happens to land on her dad. It happens. Well, and no, April's not happy with them. Not only that, it's, it's going to land on her. And we find out later April's immune for plot reasons. Yeah. And so, but her her dad essentially shields, sacrifices himself to shield her. Yep. And, and so uh, she, she's understandably pissed at them. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so that's the change up to the status quo at the moment. And in this episode, it started, which is part of a long-term plot, is Donnie trying to create uh, retromutagen sure. to reverse the effects. Yeah. And it's not going well right now. Uh, at the moment, in the beginning of the episode, Raph yells at Mikey for ruining his magazines, and then yells at Leo because Leo won't take Raph's side. And then Donnie blows up a batch of mutagen for apparently like the eighth time. And as it's exploding, it nearly takes out Spike. Which, understandably, makes Raph even more angry. And here's the thing. Raph is completely in the right here. Yeah. For this entire beginning episode, Mikey's messing with his stuff. Leo is not sympathetic to the fact that Mikey can't keep his hands to himself, and Donnie isn't doing proper safety procedures. No, he left the door open, and then f essentially, like, explosive fireworks start shooting out and taking out half the place, and one of those almost kills Spike. And Raph saves him, because Raph is cool. And not even and Splinter backs him, which is like, yeah. what? Yeah, and Raph takes the, Donnie's last canister of mutagen and going, you don't deserve this until you figure out how to do this more safely, and goes into his room, and he's then called out to help clean up, which makes him even more angry, because he's also in the right of, why should he clean up Donnie's mess when Donnie blew up the base? So, unfortunately, he then demonstrates why he's also not really good with safety. <laughs> he slams the door, the mutagen canister falls on the floor, opens up, Spike uh, drinks it, and it's morphin' time! Sorry. No. I couldn't help myself. No. <laughs> so, Spike transforms into a mutant turtle with a... Uh, a very large mutant turtle. Yep, with many spikes, and goes... <laughs> like, weird growl. And, uh, but... Honestly, at first, he just says, like, Raphael, I want to team up with you. I think the two of us could kick some ass together. And Raph is like, hell yeah! Yeah. He changes his name to Slash and starts wielding a big-ass mace, which is awesome. And so the two of them head out, and Slash says he can smell mutagen. However, when they both try to get a mutagen canister, uh, Raph literally runs into Leo, or swings into him. Leo runs off after the mutagen, and Raph goes to find Spike, who kind of grabs 
Donnie from the Shadows, and yeah, <laughs> Ugh, that looked kind of creepy. Well, but it spikes. Well, excuse me, Slash basically he's like he he's kind of very obsessed with Raph at this point. To if kind of like if I can't have you, no one will. Yeah, or it's like if I get rid of all the people you care about, then you only care about me. So he wails on Donnie, and oh, we've God. seen and, the and, boys take a few hits in the past. This is the first time we've seen them walk away with bruises and or broken limbs. Yeah, and he even bounces Michelangelo around, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh, and so, but Mikey and Raph get away, and they go to find a very injured Donnie, while Leo engages in wacky antics trying to recover the mutagen canister. That and I love this fun plot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I loved it. It was so funny. I just loved, like, this ninja master guy keeps running into all these stupid problems. Yeah. <laughs> so, Raph and Slash come to blows, and while Donnie and Mikey do try to help... Because they're they're, they're really messed up. Yeah, and so it's up to Raph to take on Slash. Meanwhile, Leo does finally track down the mutagen canister and find a little girl using it for a tea party. About to drink it. About to drink it. He goes, enough with stealth. And he kicks the teacup out of her hands. It smashes against the door. She stares at him and he stares at her. And she, and she takes goes, this surprisingly well. Yep. She holds up the mutagen canister and goes, oh, Mr. Turtle, would you like to have tea with me? <laughs> and Leo is forced to – he's basically forced in doing a tea party with this little girl or she'll, she threatens to scream and wake up her father. Yep. And it, honestly, this is one of the funniest moments in the show. Like, they're just sitting there and she's like, Are there any, what, is there anyone else like you? He's like, nope. Just me, the single imaginary talking turtle, and all of a sudden, Raphael and Slash crash into the room through the ceiling. Raph looks at Leo and goes, tea time? Really? And then the two of them smash through a wall. Leo grabs the mutagen and runs away. She's like, bye, Mr. Turtle. And you know Leo is never going to hear the end of that. Oh, hell no. I'm surprised they didn't bring it up at the very end of the episode. Oh, I know. Oh, God, that, this is one of my favorite moments in the show. That was just so funny. Um, but finally, Raph does defeat Slash by using a pressure point Splinter used on him earlier. But Slash falls off roof despite Raph trying to save him, which shows that he still does care about him. Mm-hmm. But we don't see him land, so he doesn't hit his head and become retarded like in the original show. Uh, so he's just presumed missing, and the episode ends with Raph you know, the others helping Raph feel better, and he says he's glad he's got his brothers. Yeah. The, a brief cameo is not what we next see in Metalhead Rewired. The Krang are imprisoning every mutant they can get their hands on, and when the turtles stage a breakout, we see a rare team up between heroes, antiheroes, and villains alike as all of the mutants work together and kick some Krang to get out of the prison. Raph and Cher slash share a brief moment where they save each other, but he quickly goes his own way, kind of indicating he's maybe not the same guy as before. Yeah. He's kind of transitioning more to anti-hero rather right. than villain. Slash reappears, this time allied with the, quote, neutralizer, which we're revealed later is a lizard-like alien previously impri- imprisoned by the Krang. We first saw him in Season 1 the Trolls, and when the Trolls inadvertently freed him, but the neutralizer <laughs> was no ally. He, will att- he attacked everyone who got in his way. Sometime in between Melhead Rewired and this episode, Slash had been recaptured by the Krang... And Neutralizer rescues him. The two agree to fight together, going after the Krang. Quote, no matter who or what gets in their way. At episode starts, Racing, Case, Raph and Casey are on the tail of Krang. The two frustrate with each other as Casey's not nearly as agile or light on his feet compared to Ninja. 
at least moving from roof to roof. Now, arguably, on the ground, he's just as efficient with his skates or bike, but that is what it is. The top two arrive too late to catch on the Krang, but they uh, but they find the Krang decimated. They're not just the droids are torn apart, and but it's implied that where the turtles just kind of beat on the Krang till the brainy surprise pop out. Quoting <laughs> the show here, um, whoever went after the Krang here killed them. Again, if you're an adult, you can kind of read this here. Kids may not. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: we don't actually see the no the actual Krang brain bodies, but it's implied, right? But it, all in all, the plutonium, oh good lord, stolen by the Krang, uh, is now in the hands of whoever beat the crap out of them. Raph and Casey return to the others, and Mikey points out that more vigilantes going after the Krang are in fact a good thing. Don's like, yeah, they've got plutonium. That's a bad thing. <laughs> the group splits up to find the losing plutonium first. All of them basically find the same thing from earlier, just wrecks of Krang droids and missing Krang brains. And Leo's the first to realize it's Slash. And he's like, oh no. Just in and a, <laughs> just for Raph and Casey to run into Slash and the Neutralizer. And on that cliffhanger, we're going to take another break. Whoa, it's the Neutralizer. I totally named that guy. Actually, I named him. Actually, I named him. Now, now back to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Slash is not unhappy to see Raph. He's kind of a little myth that Raph has already found a new partner. What do you think, says Casey? Aw, uh, he's jealous. And Raph's like, Casey... We, you can't do this. You are not prepared for Slash or the Neutralizer. Casey's, yeah, Casey listens, rushes in. He and both Raph and Raph both get knocked around. Uh, just long enough for Newt and Slash to steal enough plutonium to activate these wrist-based teleporters, okay, and get away. Raph loses his temper and tells Casey to buzz off, that he's not ready for this, and Casey storms off. We next see... Slash and Newt stage a raid with the trolls quickly following behind because they can track the plutonium. With Newt uh, getting intel, and then he plants a bomb in this empty warehouse to blow it. And even Slash calls him out like, there's innocent people on the... Uh, this is a city. You know, you can throw mm -hmm. a stick and hit an innocent person. Newt doesn't care, and they have to evac before the, the warehouse goes up. Slash uh, later calls him out like, look, we can't, look, I'm in this to kill Krang, not humans, so, you know, maybe we should rethink our tactics, but Newt's just in no position to listen. But he points out we have the possibility to wipe out the Krang entirely. The Krang are apparently sending a battle mech, for lack of a better term. It's a walker with, it's a walker with a big weapons pod on the top. and It looks like an enemy from a Mega Man game. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And Newt's plan is to basically hijack it and use it to take out the Krang. Flash is not entirely convinced, but they go after it and they stage a raid on the warehouse. And then Turtles quickly find themselves there, too. Again, they can track the plutonium. So, <laughs> while the Slash and the Turtles both work together, work kind of together to keep the Krang busy uh, so they can keep the Krang out of the walker, when Newt takes control of it and just starts blowing anything and everything up he can. Even nearly stepping on Slash with the big feet. And at that point, Slash realizes, yeah, the guy's nuts. Yeah, and so... But... Then, oh, real. Casey Jones to the rescue! <laughs> yeah, he shoots a bomb puck. Yeah, it's a puck with firecrackers tied to it, apparently. Roll with it. Yeah. 
into the walker's power core and to, to help save the others, and the newt apparently goes up in the explosion. Well, sort of. Ref offers the obviously reformed Slash in the place of the team, and Slash says he appreciates the offer, but he's got to go his own way. So, we don't see him for a full season after this. Yep. Uh, he doesn't show up until about a good chunk of the way, or almost halfway into season three. Yeah. Actually, at about halfway into season three. And once again, the status quo has been turned on its head even more so. In the season two the, finale, the Krangans, they invade New York in earnest. Yep. And Shredder helped them do it. Yep, and the Turtles are forced to escape from New York. Yeah, especially after Leo gets beaten to an inch of his life. Oh, yeah. And they escape with Casey and April, and unfortunately, Splinter is left behind, and they don't know what happened. dead. Yeah. Yep. Very, presumed very dead. And so this is after the Turtles have come back to New York, found Splinter, and now they've all taken shelter in a pizza place, because of course they have. It's a theme. Yep. And so in this episode, as the Turtles are fighting off some Krang... We get introduced to a new B-team called the Mighty Mutanimals. Now, this isn't is... a new concept. The Mighty Mutanimals came from the Archie Comics series, which we'll talk about in a bit. But it's nice to see this group revived. Yep, so. and it consists of Leatherhead, which I like the iteration of Leatherhead in this show. Oh, I do too. Yep. Uh, Pigeon Pete. Mm. Yep. Dr. Rockwell, the ape, who can not only speak... Normally now, and think, but he also has telekinetic powers, so and that's awesome. some telepathic. So. Yep, and we got Slash, who is their leader. So Slash leads, Rockwell the Ape does machines, Leatherhead is cool but rude, and Pigeon Pete is a party dude. If I could reach you, I would hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, Leo doesn't trust Slash, you know, the considering all that, you know, tried to kill them thing. But the other three can obviously... Rap is completely believes his reformation, especially since Leatherhead is vouching for him. Yeah. And Leatherhead's been long been their ally. Um, And though Donnie and Mikey point out, we need people, okay? We are in a occupied city by the crime. We can't afford not to team up. They're kind of outnumbered. Yeah. And Leo is still unconvinced, but he goes ahead anyway. Yep, and they find out that the Krang are trying to launch a rocket that will coat the world in mutagen, and the two teams, still arguing, decide to attack. Two-pronged attack, yeah. Yep, the mutanimals attack on the ground while the turtles go in from above in a blimp because, hell yeah, the turtle blimp! Because toys need to be sold. <laughs> yep. No, it's because they needed a new method of getting around the city. What are you talking about, toys? They don't <laughs> make, they don't make toys out of everything in this show. How many turtle bins do they have in this in this cartoon? <laughs> Two, <laughs> including the one that splits apart into four go karts. Oh, three then. <laughs> so during the fight, Slash kicks some ass and also at one point protects Pete from Krang lasers, uh, with his own body, by the way. Mm-hmm. And after Leo sees this and the fact that Slash is willing not only to sacrifice himself for his teammates but go through every length to save New York, he starts to trust him. Especially for humans. So, which, yeah. Yeah. And even in, uh, it feel honestly, it kind of feels like neutralized didn't happen. No, it doesn't. It because doesn't. They, they don't, well, no, it just kind of is the stuff where he's surprised that Slash wants to protect humans or that Slash is trying to reform himself, which he kind of does that in neutralized. Yeah, well, Leo is being stupid here. Yeah, he really I guess. is. 
Well, he does have a new voice. He does have a new voice, and he got his ass kicked at the end of season two, so maybe he forgot. Yeah. In part two of this episode, which is by the, the Battle for New York, mm-hmm. the teams work together to rescue all the humans and restore New York to normal. That's eh, simple. Yeah. So the new cannibals attack. Flash is forced to go through a terrible decision. His team at one point are at gunpoint, and there is no way out. And if he knows if he gives up, the turtles are going to be stranded in Dimension X because the turtles are counting on them to keep the portal open. Yep. He still surrenders to protect his team. Yep. You can see he's down about it because he's like, no, I should have found a way to rescue everybody. And then, of course, you know, Leatherhead helps him feel, and Pete are like, dude, don't worry about it. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. And And of course, so. Yep. Rockwell manages to free them. And they go at the Krang once again, and this time, they beat the crap out of him, which is good. And the day is saved, and the episode ends... Pretty much with, a bit with of the Krang out of play. Yep. The episode ends with uh, Leo admitting that Slash did a good job, and is making out to be a good leader. And Slash says, I tried to model myself after the best leader I know. You, Leonardo. Aww. Fappy. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. So the next thing we see in season three is Clash of the Mutanimals. The episode opens with uh, the Mutanimals crashing a deal that Tiger Claw is doing, and they, they take on Shredder's lieutenant. Tiger Claw, he's about on par with Shredder in, in skill, and he kicks their butt. Yeah. Honestly, it's very rare that Tiger Claw is beaten in a straight fight. No. Uh, the only one who's been, the only character that has successfully beaten him repeatedly is Splinter. Right. And even then, Tiger Claw cheat. Yeah. Win. And so Tiger Claw does kick the crap out of all of the, out of all four, but and ends up kidnapping Slash and Rockwell, and goes, "These might be useful to Master Shredder." So Leatherhead and Pete go to the Turtles, and they set off to rescue Slash and Rockwell, and wonder what the hell's going to be going on. Well. Turns out mm-hmm. Shredder, after the Krang disappear, he wants to develop a mind control serum to use on Karai. Basically, to force also been mutated. Yeah, long it's time. a long story. To basically force her on his side again because she's totally turned against him. So basically, they use Slash and Rockwell as guinea pigs. Yep, and uh, because Baxter Stockman is obviously a big fan uh-huh. of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He takes the mind control serum and puts it in creepy worms that he puts inside Slash and Rockwell. Invade your brain. <laughs> the only surviving species, indigenous species, Scythia. These are pets. Uh, quite domesticated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to need to throw in some clips from that, aren't oh, I? Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, when uh, they, was, they do rescue Slash and Rockwell almost too easily... Uh, pretty much Slash and Rockwell get on their own, and when they return to Lair, Slash and Rockwell turn on the team, and they, uh, Slash does some pretty damage to Splinter. Yeah. He's unguarded at the point. I surprise and knocks him out. He, no, does a lot more than that. It's implied a lot more than that. He beats him up pretty bad. Yeah. And so they end up beating on the turtles a little bit and kidnap Raph, who is also given one of the little mind control worms, and... <laughs> it tastes like chicken. Yeah. We get a pretty cool scene where they test out where Raph tries attacking Shredder, and Shredder just stops Overpowers him. Overpowers his will. Just and you can see that Raph is struggling to stab him in the face with his side. 
Well, that, that could have so, gone badly. Uh, yep. So then the heroes our heroes arrive, and a huge and awesome fight begins. This was the action sequences in this show are really freaking good. They have both groups, and it's discovered that fire or extreme emotion basically breaks the hold. Yep, and so since it's Raphael, Leo is able to uh, make him lose his temper. Yeah, and they get them back to normal. Then we get everyone fighting Shredder, who. In a really cool scene, he's standing in just a circle and beats on everyone without getting out of the circle. Of course, then Slash goes, okay, screw this, and shoves a giant statue onto him. <laughs> yeah, with as much damage as Shredder takes in the, like, the big episodes, he should be dead, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like at the end of season two where Leatherhead literally crushes him in his jaws and throws him into a building, and then he gets right back up again. Yeah, well... Yeah. So the heroes hightail it out of there. Get it? Hightail. Mm-hmm. So Slash apologizes, apologizes to Splinter for attacking, but Splinter forgives him because he couldn't control it. And the teams wonder what else Shredder can do with those worms that he totally found on SETI Alpha 5. He tasks me. He tasks me. <laughs> I shall have him. <laughs> I'll chase him around the pizza delivery the sewers of Manhattan, <laughs> the local pizza parlor, and the Statue of Liberty before I give him up. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take another break. He tasks me. He tasks me. I shall have him. I'll chase him round the sewers of Manhattan and round the trees of Central Park and round the Statue of Liberty's torch before I give him up. Prepare to make turtle soup. So, Slash is briefly seen in the build-up to the end of Season 3 in Dinosaur Scene in Sewers. Slash and Rockwell are investigating the sewers to find the traces of the crying only to run through the series first Triceraton. And... These Triceratons are bigger than Slash. They're beaten to hell. Yeah, it doesn't go well for them. No. After recovering in the next one, Annihilation to Earth, the season three finale. <sighs> All my feels here. Um, <laughs> Slash and the Mutanimals team up with the Turtles, as well as Monogecko, Muckman, and basically every ally they have. Even bringing in Shredder and the bad guys, because, yeah, Triceratons are going to destroy Earth with a black yep. hole generator. Slash in, in in during this big old brawl, Slash can't can't he attempts to destroy machine, but he only delays it the it from firing. And Triceratons, uh, yeah, they basically there's this huge big brawl, and it's one of the better scenes in the entire franchise. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Until, well, Slash and some of the characters get trapped in little bubbles, and while April manages to save Casey because. Casey gets top billing <laughs> over Slash. Uh, secondary. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> he's more he's a more featured secondary character than Slash is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so unfortunately, April, Casey, and the Turtles are the only ones to escape on a spaceship. Go with it. And uh unfortunately a machine set up by the Triceratons devours Slash, uh the rest of the Mutanals, and well, the entire planet Earth. And, uh, yeah, that's how season three ends. You thought season two ended badly with Leo beating your death and the Krang invaded? Oh, no. Splinter is dead. Yeah. Very, very dead. And, he, and uh, the Earth could have been saved if Shredder could have worked with him. 
Nope. Shredder took the moment and stabbed Splinter in the back. Which was interesting, too, is right after that, even Shredder's own men are like, What the hell? What are you doing? Because <laughs> at this point, even his own men are starting to question his one-minded uh, vendetta. Yeah. And at this point, they really question it. You which, mean as they get killed with a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which unfortunately, there's no follow-up on that. No, so not yet. never happened. Um, not yet. Yeah, time travel. But it did... I did get a giggle, I did get a small smile and giggle out of watching Rocksteady and Bebop hold this version of Rocksteady and Bebop basically saying "Hold me," and they embrace <laughs> as their as friends and nothing else. Hold me, comrade Bebop. Fandom, you silly fan writers. Um, yeah, you know they're bros. They're just broing it out, and they're inches from death. But yeah, they basically hold on to each other as they're killed. <laughs> so. At this point in the series, again, major spoilers here. The Earth's been restored thanks to some time travel shenanigans. I won't get into details, but we have yet to see Slashback because literally the last episode that aired basically saw the Turtles save their dad, save their dad, stop the black hole generator from going off, and we're kind of back to status quo. Yeah, we yeah, we're back into another dearth of no episodes for a while. Which, no, they oh. they did this the last time a movie came out. To kind mm. of clear the palate. Uh, that yeah, just like, now that you've seen the crappy movie, come back for the really good TV show. Yeah. yeah. So that just leaves the comic incarnations. So let's start with Archie Comics. Now, as a kid, unfortunately, I never got to read these beyond maybe one issue I got picked up here and there. And I'm almost, I am actually genuinely sorry I did. Here's the thing about the Archie Team and T Comics. Yeah, well, this is while the Mirage line is going on, and if my mom had seen the original Mirage comics, I doubt I would have been able to do anything Turtles ever again, because the original Mirage line, they killed people. A lot. The Archie comics, in comparison, were meant more for kids. But that doesn't mean they're bad. Far from it. While they start in the same place as the 87 series, they completely went into different, different arcs where the 87 series worshipped status quo and kept things pretty family-friendly. And I'm not saying the Archie series didn't keep it family-friendly. They did not keep it status quo. They There are serious arcs in this. There are people who die in this. And considering it was all by the same writing team, a lot of people have pointed out that this is basically the what the cartoon could have been. Fair enough. So, Slash, in this series, he doesn't start as a mutated turtle. He's an alien turtle. Okay. His planet is ruined by yet unknown aliens, and Krang basically finds him in the smoking ruins. Uh, Krang basically takes him into his underemployed rescuing him from the ruins of his planet. But after Krang fails in his latest plot, Slash remains on Earth. A completely free agent, still mad, angry that his planet's been destroyed. He eventually, on one of his rampages, attracts that version of the Mutanimals, the very first one, and they subdue him, and basically transform him to an uninhabited island where he could be at peace, which has similar fauna, palm trees, to his own planet. And basically that's not, it's not the end of Slash in the series, but he's basically out of it at this point. I just mentioned, this series has people die. The Mutanimals in one of their in one of their in their last appearance, they are ambushed by a villain called Null, and basically gunned down in a kind of a mob style hit. Yeah, they're dead. 
you, you know, for kids. <laughs> so the turtles investigating this, they call Slash back in because the only mutants were his friends. They may have left him alone, but they they did relate to him. And Slash is called in to help with the investigation and be extra muscle here because if this bad guy is known as bad as they've heard from the Mutanals, they know they're going to need it. They track Noel to another alien villain planet called Malignus Homeworld, where, in a long storyline, Slash basically sacrifices himself by going after Maligna and Noel on the bridge of Maligna's ship, and he, caused, he breaks the controls, causing it to crash, killing him, Maligna, and Noel together. He goes out with a sacrifice, sacrificing his life to take vengeance. So yeah, for kids. That was Archie Comics. You know, Jughead, Betty and Veronica, Archie. Not, not the same con- continuity as you know, mainline Archie, but it's the same company. It's, you know, for kids. <laughs> I want to keep saying that. That just brings us to the last one, and that's the IDW line, the current line of comics that I've been reading, not since the beginning, but about issue 25, where I walked into a comic store and saw Leo, of all people, dressed in, in foot colors and leading the foot. Yeah, that was the cover. I had to pick it up at that point. <laughs> and I read issue 25, and I've read everything in the series so far, and I have not regretted it. The One of the original co-creators, Kevin Eastman, is one of the creative forces behind the series, and it really does justice. Like the 2012 series, this is not only respects the original Mirage material, but a lot of what's come before it. So in this continuity, and... Kind of the Bay Turtles one borrows a lot of the origin here. The four boys in Splinter are products of a ba- of Baxter Stockman's company, Stockgen, illegal, and they're doing the, it's basically illegal genetics research that General Krang is paying them to do. He's paying Stockman to develop biological research to augment his own army. Chief among them, he's looking for intelligence augmentations, and Stockman is using rats to do this. Hint, hint. And natural armor plating based on turtles, and stock, and basically Krang's providing him the mutagen to work with. April at the time is a high school intern at Stockgen, and uh, a lab fire breaks out due to the Foot, Foot Clan. Uh, April gets the four boys and Splinter out as animals, but still exposed to heavy amounts of the mutagen, um, and then, you know they disappear. In the year that in the year in the year jump that happens, Stockman is forced to go back to square one and basically begin these experiments all over again. Yeah, Krang isn't happy about that. Hmm. But this time he goes with snapping turtles instead of red eared sliders, and this is how Slash is creator created. Slash and compared to the other boys is bigger, stronger, better armored, but his intellect is basic in nature. He's simple minded, but not inter- not unintelligent. He's just no, you know, he's a simple creature of sorts. When he breaks out of stock gen because they really don't step up their security protocols like they should, Slash ends up getting loose into the city and inadvertently goes at a rampage at Mikey's favorite pizza joint, which attracts the turtles' attention. Big mistake. Never mess with the pizza. Right. They, uh, but it pretty comes clear is that Slash is not a, practically a force of nature, and he chases the turtles back to their own lair, which is a kind of a old fallout shelter underneath a church. Leo, uh, in one of the more badass moments of the series, he impales Slash in the fight, um, and Slash has just enough time to rip out the sword in anger, but realize he's been wounded, and he falls into the gaping holes into the sewers. 
But I'm sure he'll never be seen. Oh, wait, he washes up on shore after <laughs> being flushed to the sewers. Rushed by a somewhat villain, somewhat ally, a cat mutant named Old Hob, and patches him up and he recruits him into the new Mighty Meat Animals group for this series. So, and Slash is basically their bruiser. Hob uh, later reforce recruits one of Stockton's former scientists who devises a serum to give Slash normal level intelligence, and he it works, and he becomes a thoughtful member of the team in his own right. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have access to that brute strength. He just only when he's sufficiently angry, like the Hulk. After it's revealed that Hob is kind of is not out, not leading the meat animals for completely altruistic means. He's selling uh, captured arms that when they beat up on gang members for money instead of just destroying it. The other members of his team, some abandon him, some don't, and Slash is one of the ones to take off on his own. And we haven't seen him since. So Mikey begs him to stay in New York and live with the other four turtles, but he's he wants uh, again kind of in this theme. He just said he wants to think things out and go off on his own. That's his comic appearances. I think that covers yeah. everything aside from yep. well action figures, but well yeah, which we I don't, don't have do. any of those. Yeah. All right, so Pete, where can they find us online? We are at frustratedpodcast.com is our home site. Uh, we can also find we have Facebook. Uh, page which I don't update nearly enough. We have a uh, we are listed on iTunes for their podcast section, and we are listed on the new Google Podcast section. Podcast section. All right. So next time, you know, feels like we've been covering turtles forever. Wait a minute. Segway. Next time we're going to be covering the awesome team up uh, direct to video movie. Turtles Forever, which featured the O3 crew and the 87 crew and possibly one other crew. We'll find out. All right, everyone. Take care. See you next time. You got to admit, Leo, we couldn't have done this without Slash and his team. You did great, Slash. I'm sorry I doubted you. Everyone deserves a second chance. I just tried to model myself after the best leader I ever knew. You.